people of Anchorville. This is Reggie, your weekend watcher. You know, protector of the city. Inspector of uh, what I'd call usually highly suspect titles that are available on your streaming services. Your Amazon Prime, your Netflix, your you know HBO Now. There has to be something, you know, the by the time between seasons of Game of Thrones or, you know, if if you're hungover from Stranger Things too, oh my goodness, there has to be a reason to not just put on the West Wing for the fifth time. Not saying anything, any of these things are bad. These titles are wonderful. They're great. And they get everybody's attention for a really good reason. It's a hell of a product. But the reason why I'm here is to check out those other things. Those, you know, kind of suspect titles you're not hearing much about. Well, this week, oh my goodness, for anybody that was involved this week, we had a what I call a Saturday morning apocalypse, in which it kicked off when I asked Nick Diaz of Knotts a very important question. That question was a simple one. It was, hey, if you can tell me the most memorable episode of Batman the Animated Series, what would it be? What's the one that stuck in your brain? And he, he gave a really great answer. It was the Underdwellers from Season 1. But you know what? This weekend, I get to... You know, Paul back. This is on Amazon Prime for everybody that's interested. I'm going to Paul back through Batman the Animated Series, probably power wash my way through a good few episodes in season one, and tell you tell you those things that come together really well. Tell those things that I'm excited about. I it's been oh my goodness, it's been quite some time. I added it to my watch list on Amazon just recently, but I haven't watched many of these episodes since you know I was a boy. I have good memories. Uh, but this isn't something I come back to over and over again. This is outside of the comfort zone. Well, here's the question. Does Batman the Animated Series hold up? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to try to figure that out this weekend. Um, if you're, you know, if you have any titles you're excited for, you can always feel free to call in. Uh, but, you know, if you want to watch some of this with me, I'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to let you guys do the thing, and I'll talk to you a little bit later. Now I get to tell you why I'm excited about, you know, Batman the Animated Series. Why I get excited to watch this show this weekend. All right, what what gets me is this. First off, the reason why I'm watching this is partially nostalgia. I'm not going to lie. It's not nostalgia for me being, you know, super, I, like I wished things were now the way they used to be. First off, when I was watching this, like in the 1990s, I, it, it wasn't great. I'm, I'm not gonna lie about you. Like for me, at least in, in my my atmosphere, it wasn't great. But it was a but it took me the show took me to a great place, and uh, it made me excited for something. It made me in awe of something. 
And, uh, you know, it makes, I guess, I always wonder if, you know, if rewatching is going to get me as excited <laughs> to, uh, you know, as I felt, or I think I felt the first time. So I guess that's kind of super meta, right? Like, I'm excited to get excited again? Weird. But how about we move past the super meta into the Superman? Because I am also excited for this because of Max Fleischer's Superman. Back when I was about five, six, seven years old, there would be these old uh, cartoons that would pop on television because, you know, they had to put something on TV. And also, I think we have VHS of Max Fleischer's Superman. To give you the update, Max Fleischer's Superman was an animated series that only appeared in the movie theaters because before the television broadcast medium, we would, in, you know, especially in North America, we would go to a movie theater where we would get, you know, by the way, I wasn't alive during this time, but people would go to movie theaters. They would catch a newsreel. They would catch an animated short. They would catch their feature. Um, they would go to the moving pictures, the movies, as it were. And a cartoon is part of that. During the 1940s, Superman was a very popular short. Just like Tom and Jerry or Betty Boop. Uh, it was a very popular short. And I loved the artwork of it. I loved the angles. I loved the city. And honestly, I loved the way the people moved. And, or the, you know, the animated people moved. And Batman the Animated Series had, it had artwork that was definitely inspired by Max Fleischer's Metropolis. So, you know, it's, it's hard to explain that I get super excited for artwork uh, in this way, but I do. It's a, you know, that's really weird. I'm on an audio medium talking about how I get excited for the visual art. Uh, well, you know, if you're super into kind of columns, if you like, uh, you like the use of space that kind of occurs in, what, like maybe something more like a Frank Lloyd Wright uh, <laughs> piece of uh, architecture or artwork, by the way, uh, my family kind of likes the Frank Lloyd Wright stuff. I got no explanation for it. It just hits us at the right spot. It hits us in the right place. Uh, so if you look up, go to Wikipedia or go to Google Images, look up Frank Lloyd Wright and don't look up pictures of the guy. Look up the work he did. Anyway, that makes me really excited. Um, that Frank Lloyd Wright, right, the artist, and Max Fleischer, the animator, and Superman, the subject, makes me excited for, for Batman the Animated Series this weekend. And let's go with third, because I usually go in threes in this one. Staying on the artwork topic, Mike Mignola, or Mike Mignola, I'm never quite sure how to, how to pronounce it. Mike Mignola, we'll do it as anglified as we can, is the guy that, you know, we, we might recognize the name because he brought us Hellboy. Uh, and back before Hellboy, he, he was an artist. I mean, he, he doesn't really credit himself as much of an artist, but I think he's a great artist. He was the guy that brought us the new design, the 1990s design for Mr. Freeze. And along with Paul Dini, who uh, was a writer on the show, <laughs> Paul Dini gave Mr. Freeze an actual story that involved sadness and longing. And he wasn't bad, but he was willing to do anything, even if it was bad. He was willing to do evil to get the thing that he, that he needed most in this life. And that was love. Uh, oh, my God. So let's hope I get to that episode this weekend because it's... It, it, Nora. Nora. Oh, God. Uh, anyway... 
that is that's really the reasons why I'm excited for this. All right, so let's let's give the countdown on why why our weekend watcher is excited for Batman the Animated Series. First off, nostalgia because damn it, this this show is more than 20 years old. I think it's 25 years old right now. Uh, so nostalgia, Max Fleischer's Superman, and Mike Mignola. Mike Mignola. You can look up his artwork on like DeviantArt if you uh, if you are super into that. By the way, for anybody that doesn't use DeviantArt, uh, it, it's it's not like super pervy. It's not like this pervy place where people go and they put like racy art. Sometimes it is. It does go on a, on a racy side, but it's a place for artists, uh, by and large, to share work, especially over the internet. Uh, Mike Mignola has he he has. A lot of inspired artwork. He also did uh, another title called BPRD. If you like uh, the more angled structure that you would see, uh, you know, from like a Batman the animated series, but done, you know, updated a little bit. If you're looking for something that's a little bit more, you know, dark, uh, dark but still remaining, having an element of of innocence. Hellboy is great. It's a, it's it's a weird story, but it definitely dwells in fairy tale, uh, in like like not like the Disney variant fairy tales, but kind of like the darker European fairy tales, uh, especially like if you go into like a Eastern European fairy tale area uh, as well. But yeah, before I get going too far on Mike Mignola, that's why I'm excited. Nostalgia, Max Fleischer, Superman, Mike Mignola. Oh my God. All right. So I'm going to do some unsolicited ads a little bit later. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy those. And then after that, we're going to get into... Batman the Animated Series. All right? Okay, you guys go out and you do the thing. All right. Mwah. Mwah. Mm. Yay! Kiss. Mm. Yeah. Go. Mm. Whoa. Mm. I know. Hey, it's Reggie, your Weekend Watcher again, and I'm back with some unsolicited ads. That's right, folks that didn't pay me dime one to promote their you know, their, their thing out there. And I'm going to first uh, give my first uh, unsolicited ad to comic books. I got my first comic book at age four. My dad gave it to me. It was Iron Man. Uh, and I've never stopped. I've never looked back since then. All right, so here's the first unsolicited ad for a comic book. Saga, written by uh, Brian Vaughn, and the artwork is by Fiona Staples. Saga is beautiful. It's published by uh, Image Comics. And owner-operated, I guess, the creator-owned, there we go, comic book publisher. But Saga is a beautiful Romeo and Juliet story that, you know, works really well in, in, in the environment where you take it away from, you know, our planet. It's, uh, it's wonderful. It's kids trying to figure out who they are as they're growing up. And I say you could do a lot worse. Second up, Bill Williams' Fables. If you're looking for, you know, like something familiar and something new this is the perfect match between them uh william ty uh, he, he uh teams up with a number of artists throughout the the run so it's hard to kind of narrow it down to one kind of artwork but fables is a story of those like european uh fairy tales but very much not in a disney way uh they you would have i would have never guessed that snow white could have been done so complexly so you know, in such a, a beautiful layered fashion and also be so hard and have a hard story and have a very cynical outlook, uh, outlife on, uh, outlook on everything. 
So saga and uh, fables are great ways to go. If you're looking for something more along the super route and you just want to get to know a superhero that's unencumbered by these, you know, the constraints that you would see with Marvel or Detective Comics DC, Invincible. Uh, that's my icon. Actually, my icon isn't Invincible. My, my icon is Battle Beast, a character from the Invincible universe. That's written by Robert Kirkman, the same guy that brought us The Walking Dead, both the series and the comic book. Uh, Invincible's wrapping up its run right now, but it's been, what, 14 years of Invincible, and it's been wonderful the entire time. It's, uh, it's a story not about being super, but it's a story about growing up uh, and how vulnerable and uh, proud and easily easily destroyed you can be in the process of growing up. I guess I'm going to throw in one other title in this one because I've been sort of looking at it from the periphery for a while. Mark Millar's Kingsman. Uh, if you get a chance, that got made into a movie, two movies, more recently, Kingsman Golden Circle, which came out in 2017, and uh, The Kingsman, which I believe is available on HBO now. Uh, the Kingsman, which uh, came out a couple of years ago. Again, Mark Millar, great storyteller. He could he could tell a great story with finger puppets. He just likes the comic book medium, and he uh, does really well in Hollywood because you know one of his other creations, um, you know Marvel Civil War, kind of was a big thing. <laughs> so first off, comic books. If you are inter inter interested in supers, take a look at you know Invincible. If you're interested in non supers and you want to look towards the dark, uh, dark and familiar. Take a look at Fables. If you're looking for something new with beautiful artwork, uh, Fiona Staples and Brian Vaughn do an awesome job with Saga. I always throw another shout-out there to our folks here at Anchor FM, and uh, this week is no different. In unsolicited ads, I got Victoria Bacon. Me and her have had a fun back and forth over the last couple of days, but really she does wonderful kind of day-in-the-life type stuff where you just kind of get an insight into somebody else's life that's interesting and charming and fun and it it is it is everything you 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 take a listen to victoria bacon again it's not that hard just hit the damn star it's so easy and again take a listen she's puts on a, like she puts out wonderful content and it, it it's it's unexpectedly great to listen and she has a great like musicality to her voice uh that that's really all I got. You guys do the thing. I'm gonna watch some Batman animated series and come back to you with some thoughts. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. I'm gonna be your fan a little bit later, and I I'm gonna do the thing right now. Wait a second. I thought I was done, but I'm not. I got one more unsolicited ad. Oh my god, how did I forget? All right. So this is a podcast ad. Uh, really, if you get a chance and you're listening to your regular podcast, listen to Batman the Animated podcast. This was part of the reason why I was super hesitant to do uh, a any kind of review on Batman the Animated Series. There's already a dedicated podcast or a couple about them uh, about this this subject. But Batman the Animated podcast is wonderful. It pulls together uh, great interviews with, uh, with with the people that were involved with Batman the Animated Series. People like Paul Dini, uh, who was a writer-producer, I believe, or Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, or how about this, Arlene Sorkin, that's right, TV's Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn is 
is wonderful and has turned into a thing here, but only because Arlene Sorkin and uh, like and Bruce Tim and uh, and Paul Dini were able to create this character. Well, I mean, that's the last unsolicited ad I have. I promise. It is Batman the Animated Podcast. Check that out on Google Play or you know the Apple Podcast Store. All right. Now I'm going to do the thing. Well, folks, it has just happened. I have sat down and watched eight hours of Batman the Animated Series. And I don't mean like I just let it be on and I popped up and did the dishes and got myself a snack. No, I sat and I attended Batman the Animated Series for eight hours over the weekend. And I have, oh my goodness, I feel like... I'm going to have to do this as multiple segments because this is like a multi-part love letter to you, Batman the Animated Series. If you want to know the quick answer, yes, this uh, the series holds up. And for reasons other than I thought uh, it would hold up. Uh, so let me start right off. Um, this is the definitive Batman. This is the best uh, that the character really, to this date, has offered. Uh, I'm talking to you, Chris Nolan, if you ever listen to Anchor FM, that would, that's, that'd be really depressing, uh, but yeah, th- this is the best, uh, this is the best a character has gotten, this is the best of an ensemble, uh, this is best collaborative art that I, I've seen, and I'm going to start with the thing that uh, struck me most, and something I talked about and posted about not long ago, and that was the theme. I was like, oh, I'm excited to hear that theme from Batman Animated Series that was come up by uh, uh, Danny Elfman, who did the Tim Burton soundtracks, but no, um, I got, let's see, nine episodes in and came across a Shirley Walker Okay, so Shirley Walker, she is the composer for Batman the Animated Series. She uses the Elfman theme as a, as a live motif. Let's just let you, get you guys the lowdown on that. Live motif is a fancy way of saying, oh, it's a theme associated with a character. So that means Batman has his own theme, the one that we recognize from, you know, the overarching theme of the series. But the Joker has his own theme. When he's on screen, you know it by the sound of your ears and it's crazy because uh they actually cheap out on a lot of other things so they can make uh shirley walker's soundtrack pop there is more time given you know in audio format there's more time given to shirley walker's music than kevin conroy's voice kevin conroy is batman and he pay and he plays second fiddle to shirley walker I need to make this my love letter to Shirley Walker, um, because everybody that has, you know, made their way through the, this, this series, all the major characters do have their own motif. They have their own theme. Batman has his own theme. Uh, Poison Ivy has her own theme. The Joker has, has his theme. Catwoman, Mr. Freeze, everybody. It's crazy. Uh, and to do this for an animated show seems, I mean, honestly... These days, it seems like they would just it, like almost be wasteful, but it, in a sense, makes this more artistic. It's I can't comprehend why some like somebody had to clear this with their boss, <laughs> uh, and again, that makes this more beautiful. So, yeah, first off, I am super excited about the 
the you know the music you hear throughout this, and this is thanks to Shirley Walker, uh, who didn't realize that she had she did not only composed a cartoon, but she composed the sound of people's childhoods, um, and that, you know that that's way to go. <laughs> that's uh, that's beautiful. Um, let me step away from the music just for a moment, you know, just because I, I gush about that, and I'm probably going to continue to gush about that for quite a while. But let me step away from that for just a second. All right, so give me that moment, and I'm going to come back with another segment about the next thing I'm excited about. Okay, back again. So we're going to step away from Shirley Walker, who evidently I love, and it's it is no secret and i you know like I, I she's wonderful okay i'm done with that for a second so stepping away from from uh shirley walker i was going to say andrea romani who's the casting director for the for batman Animated series uh and she did a wonderful job as well but this isn't what i'm going to talk about the next is what i'll call the hook the hook of the series is crazy for me there's a point where a show if it's an ongoing show there's a point where it gets your curiosity, and there's a point where the show hooks you. you you're you're going to sit your ass down for another 30 minutes, 40 minutes, three episodes, nine months. You don't know. Uh, and for me, that happened at, at minute 10 of the, first, uh, <laughs> of the first episode, the pilot episode, which, you know, and to be honest... First off, this is a Batman cartoon that came out in 1992. It was released in primetime. That means it was released not for children to watch after school. It was released for an entire family. It was competing with, you know, things like Seinfeld, which I don't believe was out yet, but whatever. It was taking that time slot. It's crazy. You know, this is the Grey's Anatomy time slot. This is the, uh, this is, this is like, Shonda Rhimes Central these days. So imagine that being taken by a cartoon uh, for that big of an audience. It's crazy. And this happened in 1992. So after that, we you know after 1989's Batman and 1992's Batman Returns, both by uh, uh, bo- both by uh, Tim Burton. There we go. We you know we're making a Saturday morning cartoon, and usually at that time in you know, in cartoon history, that usually meant that hot garbage was going to get thrown on a screen in an effort to sell toys. Uh, I'm going to let that that alert just, you know, slide right by. So usually this is an effort, an effort to sell toys. We'd seen this with uh, non-comic book properties like G.I. Joe and the Transformers. We had seen it with other comic book properties like the Ninja Tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, or, you know, the Care Bears or whatever. But the, the idea of a cartoon for a... is it, like, hey, we're going to put hot garbage on a screen. Um, and children are going to watch it. It's going to be uh, split up by commercials for sugary cereal. And we're going to sell toys to these, chil- these same children. Batman the Animated Series took this thing serious. And for me, at minute 10, where this show hooked me... I knew I was going to be sitting down at this point for quite a while and trying to break this down. They had already established Bruce Wayne. Uh, Kevin Conroy establishes Bruce Wayne really well by having having like a really nice, jumpy, 
bouncy voice, and then he goes into being Batman. Really serious, grovelly. He has two distinct voices that sets himself apart from Bruce Wayne, kind of easygoing guy, does some business to Batman, and he's 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 serious. He has he's flat. He is direct, uh, and that's incredible. Not only does that does he do that, but he has he does something that hasn't been done to date with Batman movies or other series. Show him really researching things. He is a detective, and they they make him research and stake out, and that's incredible. That's something that hasn't happened. And then I said by minute ten, you know what? I am seven and a half hours deep into the show, and they still have not given the full backstory for Batman. That's incredible. Again, I will use the word incredible so much. That is fantastic. That's phenomenal. That's unexpected. Because in every single Batman movie, even in the television show Gotham, we get the origin story for Batman and Bruce Wayne. And it's been given to us every time. And this show says, you know what? You know who you're looking at. There's a guy named Batman. What's more important is what he does, not how he got to this point. His origin story we'll get to eventually, which they still haven't gotten. Like, just to, just to let you know, let's see, episode 14, that means that there were 14 weeks. There were three months that went by, and they still have not explained on screen for a full episode, or even half an episode, where this guy came from. Hell, Batman vs. Superman couldn't even get that done. In, you know, it, it, they had to re-explain to you where Batman came from in the first 10 minutes. And, and, and hit you over the head with it for the rest of the movie. This cartoon show that came out in 1992 said already, Hey guys, you're sitting down to watch Batman the Animated Series. We've named it that. And you know what? We assume that you're not stupid. Even if you're seven years old. We assume that you you got here for some reason. If you're interested, you know what? Go look it up. Uh, Wikipedia hasn't been existed in, in existence yet, so I don't know. Find someone. Go to a library. Talk to your uh, talk to your dummy friend from around the block. Again, this does something special that hasn't been done. Still hasn't been done with Batman to this date. Showing him as a detective, showing him as a Bruce Wayne, that's a very different character uh, than Batman. I mean, I'll, give, I'll give some slight exception to, the, uh, to Michael Keaton's Batman. But, and also making him be a detective. Making him be, and, and not, you know, he's not super. He does a lot of running, like actual sprinting in this, uh, in this show. He's he's a man, and that is incredible. Uh, okay, so I let me kind of wrap up that uh, the, the the hook on the show. The hook on the show really for me is that they a take you seriously as a as a viewer. You already know who Batman is, and then b they have they look at these aspects of the character other than you know buff ninja guy who beats up bad guys, especially super bad guys. I mean, they, they barely... Alright, moving back into Batman, what, I'm going to make this maybe my last segment, I don't know. Um, just as a reminder to anybody, 
I get a lot of my other information about this show from the podcast that I, you know, I bumped in the unsolicited ads, Batman the Animated Podcast. That's available on all the podcast networks that I can think of. But if you're interested in the show itself, take a look there because I, I think it's hosted really well. I think it's, you know, it's, it's entertaining as hell. And, um, it, it, it gives more shrift and uh, more love and attention than I possibly could to the show. That, as I said, I'm only, what, seven hours, seven and a half hours into right now. Uh, yeah, give that a watch. So and why I was excited for this, I, w- I explained that I was into, like, the American Art Deco type design that they, uh, that, that I remembered from Batman the Animated Series. But one thing that I kind of forgot was... It is dark. It's really that this the city that is you know kind of has this this decorative movement going on, but in the dark, and it's it's only accentuated with a little bit of light, which a makes the show work out really well on a budget, but also uh, it makes it more intriguing. And really, to to the, at this point, I say I think I'm at episode fifteen or something like that. There's only been one mostly daylight uh, Batman uh, episode so far, and that'd be uh, I have a Batman in my basement. Uh, not the greatest episode, but you know what? They had like what 32 episodes that they had to fill out, so completely forgivable. But they they do something really important. When I was a little little boy, um, I used to watch the beginning of a show when it was close to my bedtime called Alfred Hitchcock Presents. You know, Alfred Hitchcock, the guy who did The Birds, and uh, I, I remember him doing this movie that I loved but never get bumped anywhere. It was called Rebecca. If you get a chance, check out Rebecca, the Alfred Hitchcock movie. It's beautiful. It's sad. It is everything. But at the beginning of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, it was a television show with famed director, Alfred Hitchcock. He would do this thing. It would be a title card. And it was interesting to me every time. It's, for me, it's there's something that it presented the show as a piece of art. It started it off with a specific tone. I never got into the show because, again, it was my bedtime. I was a little boy. Uh, but that's something that Batman the Animated Series brought for every episode. They made an artistic title card. They actually made the theme of the show as a piece of still art every episode in that first season so far that's exhausting first of all because uh not only do these artists that are hand drawing a lot of batman uh they have to come up with something that's presentable you know almost like you know that uh that really well-known poster for uh, la chat noir that like folks have seen in every college for the last i don't know 30 years it's kind of like that right it's done routinely and it's really gorgeous that they do that for uh the episodes like two-face part one and two or uh, heart of ice which i finished not long ago or even for me the worst episode on the on the roster so far i have a batman in my basement they even did it for the for the worst one it's it, it sets a tone that they were making a show they were making art uh and it wasn't apologetic. It was they were they were being serious with a medium, and it doesn't matter if that medium was presented to children. 
In fact, it's probably more important than it was because why shouldn't children be presented with art? Unabashedly so, unapologetically so. Um, and they have to figure a lot of this stuff out themselves. Another, uh, another point, again, that I'm going to make is that this show takes its viewer very seriously. And what I mean by that is in the language that the show uses, that the characters use, it takes these young viewers so seriously because they, they use high-level terms to explain. Like, they use slang. They use terms that you don't use around children. For example, a cop being on the take. Um, you know, a police officer that, that's taking bribes or uh, perhaps, you know, perhaps is being paid for doing something other than police work or very specific police work, right? Uh, a, a dirty cop that's a that that is a really interesting veiled term and for somehow and for some reason it works and they're able to say these things um to children and it's not it's it is what it is they understand you I mean you understand Gotham is not a great place and to you know take these young viewers so seriously that you know that hey like we're gonna we're gonna pose them against so we're gonna pose them with some hard uh <laughs> some hard facts hey, not everybody that chooses to do a job is A, good at their job, or B, doing it for noble reasons. Uh, and even the people that you, you could call to protect you, uh, they could, they're doing a job, and A and B could also apply to them. Uh, and that's, uh, that's amazing. That's, that's, I, I have very few words for that. It's how, like, how seriously and how uh, intently they're, focused on telling a story, uh, A, that, uh, that, that if your viewer doesn't get it now, they'll catch up to it eventually. And for me, that's what a piece of art does, is if you don't understand it all in the first viewing, that's fine. If you don't understand an album the first time you listen to it, that's okay. The important thing is that you come back to it and you and you're able to explore as you as you you know get through this art. This is an incredible thing. So I mean, I am excited to watch the show, but it's not in the same in the same vein of me being excited to watch this day to day or like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen in the Batman, what kind of crazy things he's going to. He does very little crazy. He does a lot of low level criminal, like he does a lot of detective work. And a lot of a lot of grunt, a lot like there's there's very few Joker. Uh, Joker's a, has a, has appeared twice so far, and Mister Freeze once and Two Face in his introductory episode. That's it. Uh, for this show, this is this is new. This is like new territory, because again, at the at this point, even if we look at shows that I've watched more recently, like uh, Justice League Unlimited, Justice League, and uh, what's the Teen Titans, what not Teen Titans Go, Young Justice, which I actually think is a beautiful show, wonderful show. Um, if you check these, they're, they're hitting supers every episode. There is not, there's not a non-super episode on the roster, yet uh, Batman starts at the ground level, he starts at the neighborhood, and he's not just beating people up, but he's trying to show people another way, which for me, honestly, is better than most comic book renditions of Batman. 
and, and this one comes off as a better person. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, I'm going to see if I, like, I'm going to try to round out my love letter to Batman with this segment, but I'm, I, I think I might have a little bit more to say. I, I think there might be a little bit more to say about this. Oh my goodness. All right. So for now, I'm going to do the thing and, uh, I'll come back with some some parting thoughts about Batman, even though I'm, again, like this first season has like 30 episodes and I'm only halfway through them. Jeez. All right. So let's let this rest for a little bit. Well, there we have it. Sorry. Well, uh, there we have it. Batman the Animated Series. Honestly, in summation, it's really one of the better shows, uh, Honestly, since I since I've started this whole project, or I can tell you about the crazy stuff that I watch on the streaming services, it's it's the best title I've seen so far. It's it's magical, and not just for nostalgia purposes. Uh, it's really it's it's magical because it tells a story that exists in a place, and. It, it, it sucks you in. It's something that will survive beyond its years. For me, 25 years later, it does a special thing that uh, you don't see done today. It, it, it takes up a space that it has yet to be occupied. And really, that's what we, you know, that's what we hope to do in this life. We, we hope to uh, you know, take up that space that other people aren't taking up. You're not looking to be, you know, I'm going to, I don't have great words, so I'm going to quote Jackie Chan, he wasn't looking to be the next Bruce Lee, he was looking to be the first Jackie Chan. And honestly, this Batman isn't looking to be the next Batman show. It was, it defined itself as Batman the Animated Series, the only definitive Batman, in my opinion. Well, I hope you guys had some fun exploring the show with me. I, uh, I'm going to retire this and I might retire. I might return to it later, uh, you know, in season two or season three or whatever. I, I'm, I'm going to keep this on my watch list uh, for quite some time. And uh, this week, as anybody that's, you know, already engaged on Anchor knows, this week, during the week of days, I always check in with the other Anchor users. We have hilarious team ups, we have antics. It's a good time. Because I think it's a system that survives on us being fans of one another. And honestly, I'm a fan of you. Okay, well, you guys, you go out and you do the thing. And now I'm going to go be your fan now, okay? Uh, all right, I'll catch you later. And we'll, next weekend, we're going to watch something else different, unsexpecting, highly suspect. <laughs> all right, you do the thing.